Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for being here uh, to share in Lynn's life with us today. Looks like it's going to be a muddy trail today, people. But we're going to walk through the mud together because we're not supposed to avoid it, right? Lynn would be upset if we tried to skip the mud, right? Would you join me as we begin the service in prayer? Dear God in heaven, thank you for being in the audience today and for hearing our hard cry as we say goodbye to someone that we love so very much. God, I take the rain as a signal that you are weeping with us on this day of goodbyes. But today is a, a joyous celebration. That's what Lynn would have wanted. And so we pray, God, that in the midst of our sorrow that we can find joy in the great memories that we made together. We thank you for this, and we pray this in your name. Amen. I'm going to ask Lisa Smith to come up and lead in a hymn.
We have uh, several ladies that are going to do readings, and we're going to start with one of Lynn's dear friends, Melinda. Whenever Lynn went anywhere, she made sure she had a map. No matter where she went, she had her map. Something that she always carried in her pack was God's word. It wasn't this large one. It was much smaller. It had a snap. She made sure that it always in, it was safely inside of a plastic bag so that she could have God's word no matter where she went. When Mary asked me to share God's word with you today, I prayed I would find just the right words to share with you. I prayed I would find the scriptures that Lynn would want to communicate to you. As I read Psalm 34 from the message version, please listen as if Lynn is speaking her heart about herself as she points you to her Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. Psalm 34. I bless God every chance I get. My lungs expand with his praise. And I want to stop for a second because the way I would describe Lynn is this is Lynn standing on a mountaintop. <laughs> this is Lynn when she sees you with a great big beaming smile to just hug you in her embrace. But this is also Lynn I live and breathe God. If things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. Join me in spreading the news. Together, let's get the word out. God met me more than halfway. He freed me from my anxious fears. Look at him. Give him your warmest smile. Never hide your feelings from him. When I was desperate, I called out, and God got me out of a tight spot. God's angel sets up a circle of protection around us while we pray. Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to him. Worship God if you want the best. Worship open doors to all his goodness. Young lions on the prowl get hungry, but God seekers are full of God. Come, children, listen closely. I'll give you a lesson in God worship. Who out there has a lust for life? Can't wait each day to come upon beauty. Guard your tongue from profanity and no more lying through your teeth. Turn your back on sin. Do something good. Embrace peace. Don't let it get away. God keeps an eye on his friend. His ears pick up every moan and groan. God won't put up with rebels. He'll call them from the pack. Is anyone crying for help? God is listening, ready to rescue you. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. 
If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. Disciples so often get into trouble. Still, God is there every time. He's your bodyguard, shielding every bone. Not even a finger gets broken. The wicked commit slow suicide. They waste their lives hitting the good. God pays for each slave's freedom. No one who runs to him loses out. So, with these words, I encourage each one of you to love the Lord our God with all your mind, with all your heart, and with all your strength. He will be glorified. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Psalm 121, 1 and 2. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Psalm 147, 3. Life can never be the same again when someone we love is gone, but God's promises can give us hope and comfort. I'm so honored to speak today in tribute and celebration of my special friend, Lynn's life. Honored to be counted amongst so many who loved Lynn and were blessed to have her in our lives. And to speak about the part of Lynn's life that I knew the best. We've all heard the saying, many people will walk in and out of your life, but only true friends leave footprints on your heart. Well, in Lynn's case, she's left a lot of hiking boot prints on a whole lot of hearts. <laughs> I wore mine in honor of her today. Over the last several days since Lynn left us, I, like many of you, I'm sure, have experienced waves of emotion, waves of sorrow that crashed in on my heart, reminding me of my loss. Then almost as quickly, they're followed by waves of peace and calm, the kind of peace that passes all understanding, a peace that comes because I know without a doubt that when my sweet friend do her, drew her last breath here, she entered the presence of Jesus. I know this not because she was such a wonderful person or because she loved a good, lived a good life, a good enough life to get there. I know this because she realized that based on her own goodness, she wasn't good enough. Lynn knew it was all about repentance, redemption, and a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. She believed and pr professed Jesus' words in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 6. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. One of the many qualities that I admired the most about Lynn was the fact that she was an incredible prayer warrior. I bet that there's hardly a person in this room that at one time or another hasn't been the subject of one of her prayer request post-it notes that were struck all over the top of her desk and up the walls of her desk. She knew the best source of answers to concerns and uncertainty is to go to God. She didn't compromise her quiet time either. Her daily meeting with the Lord was a priority. She got up before the sun to seek God's will for her life and to spend in time in prayer on behalf of, of others in her war room. 
Lynn had a huge heart for people, and she loved them with the love of Christ. Mary shared with me some of the special thoughts and prayers that were a part of her daily conversation with the Lord, and I'd like to share a couple of them with you. This is where her heart was. Lord, please give me your servant and understanding heart that I may discern between good and evil. Give me the ability to see through your eyes, hear through your ears, think through your mind, and feel through your heart. Jesus, live your life through me for your glory and honor. Amen. My days should be directed by God and his plans, not the calendar. My time is not about me. It's about God. It's his time. My work is to be still before the Lord, rest in him, and wait patiently for him to act. I'm not to worry or fret about anything. Trust God and wait. Resolve to serve God and all others for the best of my ability. When the day's pressures prod me toward anxiety and vain self-effort, pause and pray, God, I wait on you. I hope only in you. Dear Heavenly Father, I commit all of my plans to you. Thank you for bringing me this far. You mean more to me than anything in the world. Miss Cory Ten Boom, a heroine of the faith, once said, the measure of a life, after all, is not its duration, but its donation. Lynn was an incredible athlete, a wonderful teacher and coach, an outdoor guide passionate about, passionate about creation and its creator, a mentor, a loyal friend, and she was my sister in Christ. She touched countless lives in the time that she was given. That amazing smile was a spirit lifter. She was a voice of wisdom and encouragement to me. She was real and genuine, not afraid to share honestly about her own shortcomings and struggles. Lynn had a kind heart, but she could also be feisty and passionate when it was called for. Time spent with her was always sweet fellowship. Lynn was who she was because of her devotion to a savior that was real. He was present and active in her life. She never failed to praise God for his goodness, even in adversity, and she made sure to give him all the glory for her successes. In God's word, in the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verse 21, the Apostle Paul said, To live in Christ, to live is Christ, to die is gain. It's certain that we all wish that Lynn's time here with us hadn't ended so soon. Despite our sorrow, we must take comfort in the truth that at the end of her life here, because she was a believer, that gained her eternal life in heaven. That's cause for celebration. So how are we to go on? Miss Corrie Ten Boom also said this, when a train grows, goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away your ticket and get off. You sit still and trust the engineer. We trust the engineer. We trust God even when we struggle to understand his plan. We take time to mourn. We cry our tears of loss. Jesus weeps with us. He wept over the death of his friend Lazarus. Our hearts hurt and loss never fully heals. But if we believe as Lynn believed, the separation is only temporary. Thank you, Jesus. How can we honor our Lynn's legacy, a legacy of faith, love, and hope? Here's a suggestion from her war room. Pray for an extra mile attitude. <clears throat> Care more than others think is wise. Risk more than others think is safe. Dream more than others think is practical. Believe more than others think is possible. Give more than others think is necessary. 
Matthew 5:48, live generously and graciously toward others. Matthew 5:41, if someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two. Always do more than is expected. That was Lynn. Mission accomplished, Lynn. I love you, my friend. When it's my turn, meet me at the gate. I'll be missing your hug. But the words are here if you'd like to sing along. And uh, if you don't think you're that good of a singer, I promise you that Lynn would not have cared. So don't let that hold you back. you call me 
Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Darkness seems to hide his face. I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. My anchor holds within the veil. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love, and through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. When He shall come, with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. 
Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love, and through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. Christ Savior's love, and through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of This is what we've publicly said about Lynn. Lynn Millerba was born on December 29, 1957, in Lake Placid, New York, the daughter of Douglas and Judy King. In the footsteps of her father and grandfather, she developed an early love of the outdoors. She competitively raced to the level of an alternate to the United States Olympic Nordic Ski Team and is a member of the Tupper Lake Athletic Hall of Fame. She received her Bachelor of Science in Physical Education and Recreation and her Master's in Education from St. Lawrence University and then enjoyed a career in Tupper Lake Central School District for 20 years as a physical education teacher and coach. Pursuing her dream of becoming an Adirondack guide, she left teaching and founded Adirondack Connections Guide Service in 2002. Since then, she has guided hundreds of paddling, backpacking, and snowshoeing experiences. She was an Adirondack 46er, a Northeast 111er, and had been director with New the New York Outdoor Guides Association since 2003. She has been recognized by NISOG as a master guide and has taught navigation and GPS courses. Lynn was a well-loved member of Lake Placid Baptist Church. There she had many friends who were considered her family. Her faith formed a foundation for every aspect of her life. She led people by example. She didn't just preach the gospel. She lived the good news of everything Lynn considered important to her in life. Faith always came first followed by family and friends. There are several people 
and they're listed in the program. And I'm not going to introduce each one, but I'm going to ask them to just come up in order, starting with their uncle, her go-to guy. And they're going to share some personal remarks about Loom. everybody can hear me. Uh, I was first asked to speak here today. <laughs> well, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to say because there's so many things I could say about Bill. So when my dad was first asked to speak here today, he wasn't really sure what he wanted to say <laughs> because there's so many things that could be said about his very active niece, Lynn. Lynn was a determined woman to say the least. When she decided she was going to do something new, she went at it full steam ahead. Lynn loved having fun and enjoying the outdoors and all the activities that the Adirondacks had to offer. If it was outdoors, Lynn was there hiking, camping, swimming, golfing, skiing, and definitely paddling. Some might say Lynn was a wild Adirondack adventurer, a trait that might have been inherited from her grandfather, Otis King, since no other family members have any wild or crazy traits. She definitely loved her, she definitely learned her love of the outdoors from him, starting at a very early Maybe age. Maybe I can take over. <laughs> I, Maybe. This is, this is my <laughs> editor. She straightened me out. I think she got her smarts and loving way from her grandmother, Ruth King. We all know that she was a smart one, right? Her father and mother might have also had something to do with the way she was. But she always talked fondly about her time with Grandma King. Lynn and I were only 10 years apart in age due to one of those family anomalies <laughs> that happens when you spread your kids' ages out. So she's always been my little niece, hanging around the house. You see, my father, Lynn's grandfather, was the Adirondack guide and fisherman. As you all know, if you go fishing every day, you need bait, right? In order to have the bait he wanted, and he was real particular about that, his family bait business was born. Everyone did their time in the salt mines. I mean the bait business, right, Shirley? <laughs> You're coming up. Hang on. In order to keep the bait business going, you need a new generation every 10 years or so. When I went off to college, Cousin Gordon and Lynn became the beasts of burden keeping the business going and helping grandma and grandpa. Working for grandpa was not always easy, am I right, Gordon? <laughs> it wasn't all work in those days, though. Grandpa could be fun. Lynn told me grandpa had her drive him around in his Datsun pickup when he was terminally ill with cancer on the public roads. The only problem was she was only 12 years old and she couldn't <laughs> see over the steering wheel. 
Yeah, I think Lynn learned some of the work ethic and adventurous spirit from those early days at the Lake Placid Homestead. We all know that Tupper Lake embraced her for what she was and what she accomplished in her life. From her younger days of competitive ski racing to her work with the kids at the school, through teaching and coaching, and later a guide service. It seems that everyone I talked to from Tupper knew her. That says a lot about a person. And I see a lot of Tupper Lakers here today. Over the years, we spent many fun times together, from our annual family reunions every summer to our days at Big Tupper, teaching my kids how to ski. Lynn was fun. Uh, was a fun present in our presence in our life. She was patient with my son, who learned <laughs> who learned to ski down the mountain, singing at the top of his lungs. And she was helpful and yelled, jump, when my daughter failed to get off the chairlift at the top of chairlift three. <laughs> I think she was taking up biathlon at the time, Justin, I'm not sure. Oh, no, that's uh, Nordic combined, isn't it? Okay. Sometimes she'd come to me for advice, though I never felt particularly qualified to give it. There are so many things that I could say about Lynn, but I'm sure you prefer I keep this short and sweet. The best thing to say that we were all lucky to have her, even though we didn't have her long enough. To help with planning this service for Lynn, I was asked to come up with one word to describe her. The best word I could think of was supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> what came to mind? That, and that pretty, pretty much sums her up. That pretty much sums her up. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Kathy Defoe, and my husband Ron is Lynn's cousin, and I wish to offer these memories on behalf of our family. You'll see some common themes between this, my sharing, and, and Uncle Roger's. Ronnie and Linny were born three months apart in 1957. Although they grew up many miles apart as children, they cherished their visits to Grandma and Grandpa Kane's house here in Lake Placid on Old Military Road. What a wonderful place to visit. They could dip their feet in the Chubb River while swatting black flies and be spoiled by Grandma Rue. And there was always so much activity. Grandpa Otis had his fishing guide business, which no doubt laid the foundation for Adirondack Connections, Lynn's own guide business. There was also the bait shop supported by Grandma Ruth and anyone else available to pick night crawlers and run the bait line. This was described as forced volunteerism, whatever that means. <laughs> and Uncle Roger, more like a big brother then and now, always had something going on, his old cars, a camp in the woods behind the house, and his friend Tom Lincoln, nicknamed Abe. How cool was that to their adolescent minds? When the grandchildren were ultra-lucky, they got to go to Ruth and Otis State Permit Camp on Lower Saranac, accessible only by a ride um, <coughs> in Grandpa Otis' guideboat. The less fortunate went by car with Grandma Ruth and hiked through the woods. Small wonder all the King grandchildren grew up with a love of the outdoors but Lynn's ran deepest of all. <coughs> as you all know, when Lynn was a teenager, she became a tremendous athlete and a beautiful young woman. But when she had to gussy up 
One truly sensed she was a polecat in a prom dress. <laughs> Her choice of occupation in later life certainly proved that was true. Fast forward many years when Ruth and Otis long gone, our extended family settled into a ritual of annual, annual family reunions to keep our family in touch. How fitting that Lynn's business was named Adirondack Connections because that described the focus of our yearly gatherings. Ron and I have hosted <coughs> many of these events at our home in Western Massachusetts. Lynn would start asking the date in March to be sure she made time in her busy summer guide schedule to attend. Lynn and Mary would always come loaded with food contributions and all Lynn asked for was a spot, a flat ground to pitch her tent. She was a low maintenance guest. She clearly loved sleeping outside, which always amazed us considering the amount of time she spent guiding. She often tried for a secluded spot away from the young folks as she preferred the early to bed, early to rise philosophy. But most of the time, she naturally drew a crowd of other campers. Everyone wanted to have their tent with Cousin Lynn. At these reunions, Lynn and Ronnie always lost their adult names and reassumed their childhood monikers of Lynn and Ronnie. Every single year, there was a spirited discussion led by Aunt Karen concerning whether the great-grandchildren were cousins once removed or second cousins to Lynn and the other twin cousins. Somehow, after all those years, it was never truly resolved and will undoubtedly be debated with vigor again this year, but sadly without Lynn's input. Our reunions always consisted of a nice blend of family activities, swimming, boating, and of course, plenty to eat. Lynn participated in every aspect to the fullest. After dinner, Lynn and Mary would always be found at the game table playing rousing tournaments of cards against humanity, jokers and tags, categories and bananagrams with the younger crowd. Lynn savored the opportunity to connect with her extended family at these multi-day reunions and the easy familiarity that occurs when sharing bathrooms, meal prep, and cleanup for a group of 30 relatives. While the tradition will go on, it won't be the same without Linny. In going through Grandma King's photos, looking for pictures to share today of Lynn growing up, we found the normal collection of school pictures of Lynn with the carefully written notes of love to her grandmother on the back. Along with these pictures was a photograph of a white stone tablet inscribed with the words to an Indian prayer by Thomas St. Germain White Cloud II. White Cloud was a 20th century Chippewa writer and doctor. This prayer must have meant something to Ruth, and it seemed appropriate to share this while remembering Lynn today. <clears throat> oh, Father, whose voice I hear in the winds and whose breath gives life to the world, hear me. I am a man before you, one of your many children. I am small and weak. I need your strength and wisdom. Let me walk in beauty and make my eyes behold the red and purple sunsets. Make my hands respect the things you have made, my ears sharp to hear your voice. Make me wise so that I may know the things you have taught my children. The lessons you have hidden in every leaf and rock. I seek strength, Father, not to be superior to my brothers, but to be able to fight my worst enemy, myself. Make me ever ready to come to you with clear hands and a straight heart, straight eye, so that when life fades as the fading sunset, my spirit may come to you without shame. We will truly miss Linny's twinkling eyes and big bright smile.
So I was fortunate enough to see Aunt Lynn every year at these family reunions. She had an enormous influence at a very pivotal time in my life where I was trying to figure out where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do. I would see her every year, look forward to these conversations and hearing her stories and also getting whooped a little bit in those games that we just heard so much about. She was ruthless to the end, ruthless. <laughs> I'd always wanted to be like Lynn. I was so impressed by what she did and all the things that she had accomplished. So when I, I finally worked up the courage to ask Lynn, how do you get to go out on these trips and share all these experiences with all these people. She always told me just to make it happen. Don't make excuses. Take little steps and you'll get your way there. I mean, you can see she would haul one of these boats around. She wouldn't make excuses. She found a way to make it work so that she could continue living her passions. She made sure to always do things with the right intent. She told me to do what makes me happy and to follow those passions so that other people will see that and will want to join in with that. And that was, as so many people have said, just plainly evident in her face and in her actions, everything that she did. She was as true to her word as, you could, as she could have been. You could see it in everything she did. And she was certainly true to that in every walk of her life and every community she was a part of. So, so many of us here owe so much to Lynn for sharing her the joy and empowerment of outdoor adventure as she did for the last 20 years of her life, and I couldn't be more proud of her for all her efforts to introduce the outdoors to other people, particularly uh, the ladies she shared so many wonderful adventures with. I do take great comfort in knowing that she passed with a view of the sunset over the Adirondacks, <laughs> the special place she did so much for, and that meant the whole world to her. So I hope you can all take a moment, whether you're with loved ones, in your place of worship, or in the cathedral of the outdoors, to remember Linny, and celebrate those simple little joys in life. Thank you. Well, first of all, I want to say I'm not going to preach a message just because I got my Bible with me, but I'm here to share a verse that means a lot to me, and it speaks to me about what Lynn did to me in my life and my ministry in Nicaragua. And the verse is from 1 Corinthians 3, 5. Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believe, as the Lord gives to each one of us? I plant, Apollo water, but God gives the increase. I stop there to share with you what Lynn meant to my ministry to the people of Nicaragua coming and serving overseas. She would give up a week of her time like a lot of you in this church here have done to come to a very unconditional place and get out of your atmosphere. It was a trip in December of 2012 that I got to really know Lynn. It was a trip that Satan attacked us in every way he could to keep us from building a church out in the middle of the rainforest. Lynn hiked in with one of my church members ahead of the group that was coming in because Lynn flew in on a different flight and she came with another gentleman that came from Texas. And one of my church members took Lynn and the other two, Lynn and two other people with them into that community. They hiked in. It was a hike that Lynn made that same year in January when they were there to build a basketball court 
that community that we was working at in Rosita. And Lynn went with me to that same community in January. We hiked in. We had a church service. We had lunch with the people, and we hiked out all within a five-hour time period. In December of that year, we was hiking in, and like I say, Satan attacked us. But I had the chance to spend that week with Lynn and to see a person that really touched me. When teams come down and work with us as a missionary, they do more than just come and serve. They help lift the missionaries up. They help lift up the families. But most important, the people are watching every step that you all take. And they were watching Lynn. That week was Lynn's birthday. Coming out of that village there, I had horses because it was a tough hike in. So I had a horse for everybody to ride out on. Lynn got mad at me. She goes, I'm not riding on that horse. I'll hike out. I can do it. I do it all the time. Lynn, you're not hiking out. You hiked in. It took you all 12 hours to hike in. You're not hiking out. I said, if I got to throw you on that horse, I'll throw you on that horse. <laughs> she got on the horse, and after a while, she loved it. I had a picture of Lynn, and we was riding side by side, and we was able to share things about each other. We got back to my village there in Rosita, and Lynn knew nothing about it, but my church family there had a birthday cake, and we celebrated her birthday. We celebrated by singing happy birthday in three languages, in Mosquito, in Spanish, and then in English. And after that, we had chocolate pudding that I brought with me, and it was in the refrigerator. And if you've ever been to Nicaragua, it's hot. And a cold chocolate pudding with cake was awesome. <laughs> but I got the chance to spend that week with Lynn and to learn a part about her. I learned what kind of prayer warrior she was. I was able to share things with her, and she shared a lot of things with me. Just this past March, I called her after I got back with the team in January. I called her and told her, Lynn, I need you to be in prayer about this team. Here's what the plans are. She goes, I'm all for it. She goes, it's another rough trip. Yeah, it's a rough trip. She goes, I like those. <laughs> That's the kind of person Lynn was over there in Nicaragua. This past Friday night, my little church family over there held a service. Well, then, it's Friday night. Teams don't never know how much you touch a church in a third world country. You think that they don't know you, where you're from. And I told them about her accident. They said she's the one that we had the birthday party for. Yep, that was her. And so this past Friday night, the local church held their service for her over there. I tell you all, if you ever get the chance to go on any mission trip, go. Even if it's right here in the United States, go serve. Serve somewhere because you're going to touch the life of someone. You may not know the Bible. You may not know scripture. But all you got to do is share your testimony of what God did for you. And that's what she's done. She was a witness 
She was Apollo. She helped water each of our lives with her activity. Some way, she touched each one of us, just like she's touched me and my family. She touched a lot of people. So thank you for sharing her with my ministry, Dick Rogers. Hi, everyone. My name is Roy Early. <clears throat> I'm a licensed New York State guide. I'm also a member of the New York State Outdoor Guides Association, NYSOGA. Lynn <coughs> was a New York State guide, guide badge number 4043. She was also a member of NYSOGA. She joined NYSOGA back in 2003. She attended a outdoor leadership training program that the association did at that time and was a graduate of it. Through the years, she has been active with the association. Uh, just recently, within the past six years, she was a second vice president. She served as a director and chair of the virtual office committee. That committee is very uh, important to the association. The association runs with that committee. She handled information that was disseminated throughout the association to different committee chairs, the president. Um, she answered questions, inquiries, along the same lines. She was, I, I had the very, I had the um, <clears throat> opportunity to work with her very closely in the past five years. We shared a lot of things together. I chaired another committee that worked with the virtual office. She was a task accomplisher. If she didn't know about Anything about what she was to do, she had the avenues to go and find out. Okay? She was a, a mover and a shaker. Okay? Um, she was funny. Uh, she had a sense of humor. She loved the association. She worried about it, its stability. And she kept, uh, she kept us in the 21st 21st century with dot com, dot net, and dot org. <laughs> she was a great person, believe me. And she was always willing to help. Many times I went to her and said, Lynn, I don't know what I'm doing. It involved dot com, dot net, and dot org. <laughs> and she came back to me with the answers. And if she didn't have the answer right then, give me a day and she'd come back to me. But um, she was a great person, a good person, and her spirit will live on in Nisoga. Thank you.
Lynn is a well-photographed person. <laughs> I asked the family for just a couple pictures uh, to share with you, and they gave me 400. <laughs> so you do the math at how long we'd be sitting through that. Uh, I took some key pictures from that to put together just a montage for the service, and the rest of them will be down at the reception and if you stand in front of the TV for 42 minutes, <laughs> you will see all of them. <laughs> Why don't you take this minute to remember Lynn with us? to my knees. 
I don't usually do this, but be it Lynn, whenever she spoke here, always had notes and she wrote out everything. So in honor of her, I did that. <laughs> I asked people, as I try to wrap my head around things like this, to give words that describe a person. And so God bless you, Mary, for helping with this task. But these were some of the single words that people came up with when they were describing Lynn. Compassionate, strong, faithful, family-oriented, athletic, a mountain angel, a mentor, a teacher, joyful, inspiring, a prayer warrior needed, a breath of sub sunshine, kind, joyously grateful, superhuman, a miracle, a child of God, a blessing, an encouragement, a go-to person, a leader, a lover, organized, great-hearted, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> Lynn held many different roles in life, it began with the title of daughter and sister, and it expanded to friend, athlete, wife, teacher, coach, mentor, guide, and leader. Each of you has experienced one, if not several, of these roles, and we sit here together today stunned because this was not supposed to happen to the most organized and prepared person in the world. This moment leaves many question marks and great sadness. I was talking to someone before the service and they said, I'm ready to stop crying. But deep love means many tears. As a pastor who has officiated more of these than I like to, the saddest ones are where there's few tears because you know there wasn't much love. Most of us had invitations to join her still for a paddle or a hike or a trip that death has now canceled. This is a surreal experience. And so we sit together, people connected by a single life, to say goodbye. Lynn is remembered best by the gift you see on her face in the picture behind me, that smile. In her final moments on this earth, as we serrated her with praise songs and read scripture to her, and as she took her final breath, that is what I will always remember. With the tubes removed from her mouth, as she said goodbye to us with her breath, suddenly that beautiful smile reappeared on her face. Each of us has memories that are tied to that smile. It is mixed with words of stories. It is formed as she listened to us. It is seen in each picture.
that connected her to her friends and her journeys, we will miss that smile. Lynn was a special lady. Her church family, much like each group she gave her heart to and life to, will deeply miss her. The hole she has left is very real. The one who shied away from the spotlight, who found most comfortable in small audiences and intimate settings, will be missed by a very large crowd, won't she? For the next few minutes, I want Lynn to speak as a master guide and let us be on a personal journey one more time with her. I know that most times when she took people on trips, they started in her living room because she had some things that she just needed to tell you to make sure that you are ready for the trip. So there's a couple things that she needs to tell you today. Here they are. Number one, get outside and go on an adventure. Enjoy the journey, take pictures and share and create new stories. Go on a trip that we hope to share. My spirit will be with you, so get outside. Live without regret. Stop cutting corners and, friend and finagling to get by. You can deal with life's drama better when you're not creating it yourself. You cannot fix what others say about you, but you can know what you think about yourself. Integrity is the best way to live. So stay on the path even when it's muddy and hard. Love each other. I've worked very hard to love all of you. And quite honestly, it was not always easy. <laughs> I listened to your excuses for not loving one another and had my own at times. But at the end of the day, what I really wanted was peace. If you cannot, if you can love each other, maybe that peace is possible. If what it will mean that you need to become a forgiver, it is possible, it is impossible to live without forgiveness. Circumstances are not the big issues on the journey of life. Heart issues are the big issues. Choose love. It is always the best option. So far, we have three instructions. Get outside. Live without regret. Love each other. The last instruction is the most important. Join me. Join me on my heavenly hike. Please understand that my adventures are not over. I may have departed the Adirondacks. In next August, I will not be spending in Acadia. My boat, the Otternaut, is not on the next paddle jump. I am, however, with my favorite hiking partner. I've been following his path for years, but I've only seen his pack, and now I see his face.
listen to this story that Lynn wrote herself about meeting the one that she's on the hike with. She wrote this in a letter and said this, I've always believed there is a God when she's talking to her parents, and I thank you for introducing it to me in my early years. I didn't come to understand who Jesus really was or his significance until it was explained to me in 2000. I learned that all I had done I learned that all I needed to do was invite him into my life, and then he would direct my steps. I also had to get real honest with myself and face hard times in my life. As you know, I committed my life to Christ in 2000, and because of this decision, I am alive today, really alive, not just surviving. And I want to tell you that she's alive today. Because of his grace, I am able to be the person of integrity more often than not. And through my Bible study, prayer, and fellowship with other believers, that I have come to understand what love really is. I am loved and am able to love because I know God loved me long before I was even born. He sent Jesus to die for my sins so that I could be free to really live. Free to live without fear. For Jesus defeated death when he rose from the grave. I no longer fear death. This was written in 2013. I am hoping it's not painful for me, and I don't want to know when the time comes, but I'm not afraid. I know where I will be for eternity, and I understand God's purpose for my life, and know that he has put me in this family for a purpose, to share his love with you, I realize that you may not understand this, but my life is a gift to me and to you from God. Out of that love for him, I'm trying to make my life a gift to God and to you. Lynn's challenge to each of us is to include Jesus Christ in our life journey. Will you begin the journey that she began in 2000? I know that in the Andorod and in the Adirondacks, we are self-sufficient. Snow, conquered by skiing, snowshoeing, extra layers, and wool socks. Ice, won over by microspikes and yak tracks. Rain, a nuisance, but not really that big a deal. We complain about it, but we know how to even deal with the black flies. Yet, There are heart issues that a good fleece and the right gear cannot solve. In quiet times, the brokenness and hurt cannot be taken away with a shopping trip to EMS. This is what Lynn wants you to know. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. And she can't do it for you. She can't go on this hike for you. She can't do this journey for you. You have to decide for yourself what you're going to do with the gift of the cross that Jesus Christ died on for each one of you.
you have to humble yourself beyond your self-sufficiency and surrender to the Savior of the world. That's what she would tell you. This rugged, wild Adirondack woman surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ and he became her, her Savior and he changed her life forever. And so on her deathbed, we could sing songs of joy. And as she passed from this world, there were tears of sorrow, but there was great joy because she's on the great hike with the master of her soul. And she's just waiting for us to join. There's an interesting verse in John chapter 14. It says that God is preparing a place for us, a room for us. I don't think he's doing that for Lynn. I think he pitched a tent for her. <laughs> and much like all of you kids at those King reunions, she doesn't want to pitch her tent alone. She wants every single one of you to be on the next part of the journey with her. See, there are sights to see that you can't imagine. Sunsets to snap that you can't imagine. God has great things planned for you. In your bulletin today or your program or whatever you want to call it, we put the story in there. And that's the story of God's love for you. And the greatest joy for all of us would be to know that you've joined that journey. You know, I, I'm a little jealous of some of you because I've been Lynn's pastor. So when Lynn gets together with me, she doesn't talk about paddling. and She doesn't talk about the latest hike or the new place that she's going to go. She just wants to talk about Jesus. And so there are parts that I have read and pictures that I have seen that I never knew about because I knew who she loved the most, and that was Jesus. And she wants nothing more than for each one of you to have the opportunity to be loved by Jesus the way she was. And so in her words, get outside. Live without regret. Love each other. But most importantly, join me. Would you bow your heads with me? Now, some of you are greenhorns when it comes to this whole idea of what it means to join God on his journey. And the way you join him is by asking Jesus Christ to forgive your sins and be your savior. That's the way that takes place. And so what I'm encouraging you to do now, if you've never done that and you've wondered how to do it, it's as simple as a prayer. And it's asking Jesus to be your savior. It goes something like this, and you could repeat these words after me. Dear Jesus, I need a savior. Please forgive my sins. Change my heart and my life. I can't make it without you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. 
through Jesus, I pray for people that maybe even have prayed that for the first time today. And I welcome to the family that Lynn has been a part of. But I also pray for this new journey that they're on. That somehow, because of a life ending, they can have new life in you. I pray that they would have the courage to share that with someone else. And they would begin their heavenly journey, their heavenly hike with you. And dear God, I pray for the family today. I pray for the family and I pray that you would give them your peace and your comfort in this time. I pray that you would release them from some of the things that sometimes come along with the death of a person and I pray that they would experience miracles. God, I pray for those of us who are her friends, and I pray that we would feel your comfort and we would be both challenged and encouraged by the life that we've shared with Lynn. And God, we're kind of jealous today. She was a dear friend, and we have to wait a while for the next hike with her. And so we pray that you would continue to take good care of her and that she would enjoy the new sights and vistas that you have for her alone. God, we love you. We pray these things in your name. Amen. I'm supposed to give a couple instructions. In, in her um, bear canister, some of the notes that were on the walls of her room are there, and uh, during the reception, uh, somebody's going to have that. We encourage you to, okay, we encourage you to find that person and grab one out. You see, you're in charge now. Now, I wanted you to know something that's interesting about prayer. Prayer does not have an expiration date, so it's not like, you know, a Twinkie. Um, there's no shelf life, Okay. Um, but we encourage you to do that. And there's going to be, we're going to break camp here in a minute, and uh, we're going to have to help each other to do that. And so we'll explain that after we sing this last song together. But would you stand so that we can worship the Lord together? Oh, oh, my soul, worship his home. 
I'm going to pray, and then we're going to break camp. Father God, I pray for all of us, and I pray that we would have the comfort that you only give. I pray that we would look deep into our hearts and think about what is going on inside of them, and I pray that you would open us up to the relationship that you have for us, or that you would grow the relationship that's already there. And God, I pray that we would live a life that is worthy of the God and of great Adirondackers like Lynn. God, we love her. It's hard to break camp. You take good care of her, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen.
please join us downstairs. There's plenty of food and uh, an opportunity to have another King reunion. Okay? Look forward to seeing you downstairs. forever forever worship you I can only imagine 